Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. We on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Coming up, man, couple days away from the very first preseason games, and I got my eyes on some things. I have a watch list. That's right. The list has returned. I got four things that I want to focus on, and underneath those four things will be players, will be uh, coaches, will be a bunch of different things we'll talk about. So we're going to bring in our guy, Pat Nosey Walker, as well for our weekly scientific method so class will be in session at the top of the hour. So I need y'all to get y'all pens ready, get y'all list ready, get everything you need to get some of this science from our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com. He'll give us some injury updates and uh, what they got planned for today. I'd imagine uh, they're not going to go too crazy today at practice. Yes, they, they return to padded practices as they ramp up uh, to return down here in Dallas. There will be a, a preseason game at AT&T Stadium, Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're going to, I want to say preview it, but we want to talk about some of the guys we're we're looking forward to seeing, some of the things we're looking forward to seeing. And of course, I want to do that with you as well. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. And we'll jump into the roundup, which is pretty easy, simple today. And I want to get to the first half of my list. So uh, at the top of the hour, Pat will be joining us. So we're going to get right into this thing, Cowboys Nation. And out of that, we'll talk to Pat. But before any of that, my manners, at man. Bob Squad! Appreciate you, Mississippi Cowboy. Hope everything is, is all good and well in Mississippi now. Uh, it's funny because, you know, Vach has a chair now behind him. I used to have my chair in, in the cut. It was a WrestleMania chair. Part of me wanted to, to grab that and, and do a little bit with it. But I'm like, nah, man. I don't, I don't want to be, beat a dead horse while it's going. So we'll leave that. We'll leave that to the rest of the Twitter sphere, man. All right, look, we got the pleasantries out the way. We got to get down to business because we got to talk to our inside guy. Now that we've said hello, let's get down to business. Let's do it. Oh, you're right. It was Alabama. It's time. It's It's time. It's time. time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Yeah. 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 So Tony Pollard returns to practice yesterday. Contrary to popular belief, he was not there two days ago. 
I'm not going to get into all of that. But uh, he, he, you know, Cowboys are having a lot of players having some children, and he had a kid, and so he left practice and went and attended to that. Of course he would. Uh, but there was a big whoop yesterday about a specific person saying that you know they saw him out there. That's neither here nor there. He was not at practice a few days ago, but he's okay. It has nothing to do with his physical abilities. He's recovered. I don't know if y'all been seeing the. The footage down there, the training camp lives, the the videos that are coming out. T.P. is back. <clears throat> like he never left. Which, you know, we've, we've talked to the docs here on this channel. We've, uh, we've listened to some doctors. We've read about his recovery. And it's always been, hey, they're, they're ahead of schedule. And I know a lot of people were worried. But T.P. looks great out there. Same thing with... Terrence still, many people are like, man, I don't know. This is might be rushing him back, but he's telling you and, and people, the doctors and everyone to say, Hey, he's ahead of schedule. He's fine here. And, and both of these guys are out there looking fantastic. So they probably won't play on Saturday, but we'll get to a few of those who will, including some of these guys from our guy, Mauricio Rodriguez article, a host of A to Z sports primetime, by the way, uh, this today's article spotlight is Moe's article and it features three undrafted free agents. Okay. And the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this, cause it'll kind of transition into preseason watch list. Honestly, I mean, these guys are guys we're going to be keeping an eye on. And the three guys he talked about and the title of the article essentially is three undrafted free agents that can make the roster with a strong preseason. Yes. Number one, Hunter Lipke. We talked about Hunter Lipke a lot coming into camp. I haven't talked about him while we've been here. So I'll, I'll admit, I put a lot of high hopes and pressure on Hunter Lipke and to possibly get that fullback role. But they've been using Sean McEwen. And that was the guy I thought he was going to be fighting with. Sean McEwen, Princeton fan, Hunter Lipke. I thought that was the role they'd be fighting for. And right now, it's McEwen. I mean, unless something happens... If I had to guess, I think Sean McEwen is the guy to take take that role. Uh, but look, this is a chance for Hunter Lipke to go out there and make a statement. Now, I think what he has going for him, and this is going to sound contradictory, but I think what he has going for him is that the league doesn't really value fullbacks. So even if he has a strong preseason, they could probably still cut him. He'll make it through waivers, and they can put him on a practice squad to call up if they need him. You know, and at this point in time, 8-10 before a preseason game, that seems like the route that they're going to go if they decide to carry four backs. It doesn't include him, but that's a long ways to go before the roster gymnastics get there. The second guy, or one of the other guys on his uh, in his article, was Isaiah Land. Um, Isaiah Land came in with a lot of fanfare. He was one of the uh, most popular undrafted guys. For me, I thought the, the number one undrafted guy was Jalen Moreno Cropper, but Isaiah Land dubbed the sack king on YouTube, who had, I think he led the nation in sacks a couple seasons ago. Isaiah Land kind of transitioned to linebacker, doing some defense end things, kind of a kind of a tweener type of guy because of his size, but he's another dude we're going to keep our eyes on. We'll talk a little bit more about later in the show, but he he's one that they say, well, I say they, Mo says if they have a strong preseason, can make the roster. That's going to be tough. You're, you're going to make a tough decision on Isaiah Land. It, he, he would have to go nuclear because there are just there's just guys right now that you probably can count on more than him because he's a, he's a young guy. 
he's a rookie. There's players that are proven in this league in front of him. So that'll be really interesting. And then his final one is a guy that's gained a ton of steam over the last week. And that's John Stevens Jr., the wide receiver that transferred or transitioned to tight end. Um, we've talked about him a number of times over the last few days. And if we're talking about spotlight, if we're talking about watch list individual, he's definitely up there for me. He's made a, a lot of exciting plays down there at camp. I want to see how he can do it against some of the uh, opposing teams when the bullets are flying. So those are his three guys. He's got Lipke. He's got Land. And he's got John Stevens Jr. He says if they have a strong preseason, they have they could make the roster. Lipke, I think that would be you wouldn't have to do so many roster gymnastics. Land and Stevens Jr., there will be there will be guys that you cut probably that you'll go, oh snap. Yeah, I think so. And that takes me right into the watch list, Bomb Squad. If you want to call in, you can. But again, we're going to be talking to Pat at the top of the hour. So you might want to wait uh, about 9.15-ish to give us a call. We got Pat for about 15 minutes, so we're going to try to get as much as we can. But that gets me into the watch list. And I want to, I want to, I want to take as much time as I can here on the first part of my watch list. So let's just get straight into it. And if you see your name on here. You just made the list. You made the list. Notice, though, there is no names. That's why I said four things, because there's going to be a ton of names we talk about underneath this. Number one, the depth wide receivers and more production. And, and here's why I just put depth wide receivers. I want to see them all. Uh, again, same thing with the running backs. We'll get to that in a second. I want to see them all. I made this point a few times this week, whether it be on this show or Vacha's show. And I made this point actually months ago when it came to the quarterbacks. I said, with this scheme change, obviously the receivers are going to be able to play faster and I think better, more confidently. We're seeing that at at camp. We're we're seeing things this year with young receivers, whether it be rookies or year two guys, that we weren't seeing last year at camp because the system is easier to grasp for them and for these quarterbacks. Uh, So if the quarterbacks are able to get them to rock this preseason, which I think they should be, I know the offensive line situation is not ideal, but the scheme should allow them to get them to rock a little bit easier this year. Let me just tell you how terrible it was last year in regards to these wide receivers. It was so hard to get a grasp of what these dudes could do. Here is how these young receivers did last year. Jalen Tobert in the preseason, three games, six receptions, 44 yards. By the way, y'all, that was the most yards in the preseason for these young receivers. Simi Fayoko, five receptions, 37 yards. Now, Simi had the two touchdowns of the preseason. He had the two goal line touchdowns, red zone touchdowns. So, you know, those those matter. But I want to see between the 20s as well, and we just didn't see it. Five receptions, 37 yards. Devontae Turpin, three receptions, 20 yards. Dennis Houston. Dennis Houston, the one who was, oh my God, everybody's telling me Dennis Houston's great. I'm like, I don't see it down there, but you know, I'm glad the young man was able to make the roster and he's back here fighting again. Dennis Houston, the preseason camp star. He had two receptions for 16 yards in preseason last year. Dontario Drummond, three receptions, 38 yards. 
Cowboys Nation, this isn't one game. This is the entire preseason. The entire preseason, fam. So I'm looking for more production out of him. Well, you can say, well, Sky is preseason. You, you, you just got to take what you can get. Sure. Fair. But how can I get a grasp of what these young guys can do if if we can't get them to rock? And whether that be the offense, just they weren't picking it up last year, combined with the offensive line, combined with the quarterbacks. And I, I mean, we've all agreed. Like, it's tough to really get a grasp on these receivers and get production. But I do think we might be able to see a little bit more this year because of, of the scheme change. And because we're pretty tunnel vision with the Cowboys, I get that concern over the last few years. But when I look around the, other, the league, bam, there are receivers who get 44 yards in a reception. There are receivers who, you know, young receivers who, who break out in the preseason. They may not be stars, but I am looking for a, a couple of these type of games. That's just them. I'm looking for somebody to go Victor Cruz in the preseason at least one time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Victor Cruz rookie year in the preseason. I believe he wore number two or number three. So I'm definitely keeping my eye on these young ones. And what I did love to hear, right, is that Kevontae Turpin is going to be getting more opportunities as a wide receiver in preseason to show if he can handle it. So there will be no returning for Kevontae Turpin, according to Mike McCarthy. All about, let me see how what you're doing out here in training camp translates on the field. Because they clearly want to get him involved, but he has to be able to grasp. He has to be able to take that year two leap, as McCarthy said. So far, so good uh, out there on the field. Uh, I want to see if Tober continues his strong offseason. He's had a strong one. He is. You you heard him talk. If you didn't see the uh, the uh, interview, we could talk about it tomorrow, maybe. But Kevante, not Kevante Turpin, Jalen Tobert is clearly more confident. You can hear it in his speech, and you can see it out there on the field. He looks like he belongs now. And then you got Jalen Brooks, who honestly, of all these dudes, I'm watching them all, but I definitely want to see this young cat because he, over the last, honestly, I want to say last week, since camp has started, everyone that's been down there has said he's been very consistent. You see it. You see the hands. You see how strong he is. He's going to play special teams. He's a big body guy, so I don't think he'll have a problem with the blocking. And he shows up in a route running situation. I'm not saying he's a, a route running guy to route you up all crazy, but he, he can get enough to get open and create separation and use his length. So I want to see him translate that into preseason. So I know the running back stable, and we'll get to that here in a second, is probably the most popular thing to think about. But the wide receivers, man, I really truly do believe that the wide receivers uh, could be the unit that has some of the biggest plays out there. Before we get to Pat here in a second, let me get to the second one here. And that's running back stable. Who shows the versatility? There is a chance they might carry all four of these dudes. There's a chance they might just carry three. But I do know one thing for sure. Whoever is on this roster behind Tony Pollard is going to have to be versatile. Whether that be as a offensive weapon, a runner, receiver, blocker. Or whether that be as an offensive weapon and a special teams guy. Special teams is always one of those things where you can tell in the preseason who kind of has that leg up. And all these guys have special... Let me say this. The top two guys behind Kevontae Turpin have special teams uh, experience. Right? You've got Malik Davis, who played 175 snaps last year on special teams. And Enrico Dowdle cut his teeth in this league on special teams in 2020. 
He had 198 snaps last year. He had 92 before he got hurt. 92 special team snaps and only played five games. So he was going to clear that 175 from Malik. So who is playing special teams? Who provides versatility? And then you got Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is is returning some of these kicks, catching punt returns and whatnot. And we know that Turpin is not going to be out there returning. So can Deuce pull a Cavante Turpin from last year, right? Can Deuce do that? So not only do I want to see them be able to run, I think all these guys can run well, but I want to see the blocking. I want to see them be able to catch out the backfield. Who is showing out on special teams? That's going to matter if they're only going to roll with three. And then obviously you've got Hunter Lipke. It's been a quiet camp, but he has a chance to make some noise in preseason. So that's the first half of my watches. We'll get to my second half after we talk to my guy, Patrick Nosey Walker uh, of Dallas Cowboys. Com. So let's get into it, Cowboys Nation. What's good, brother man? My boy, how goes it? Man, I, I am having a blast here talking to my boys. And I'm finally talking to my Cowboys Nation, I should say, because there's gals. And uh, we finally get to catch up with you after a week, man. There's a lot going on down there at camp. Yeah, and I was listening to you, and it's funny that you, you talk about special teams and, and the running back equation because I spoke about that yesterday on Cowboys Break for for those viewers and listeners that catch that podcast, and you should because why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. What are you? So um, I, I was speaking of – well, Derek asked me, Derek Eagleton, he asked me, he said, so how does your running back lineup um, look right now? What's the depth chart for me? So I'm like, okay, of course you got Tony Pollard. But then I'm like, well, given the, the circumstances with um, Ronald Jones with the suspension and now the groin injury, he's missing time. Give me Rico Dowdo at RB2. And you and I have mm-hmm. had that discussion offline. Yes. Um, so then behind him, it became, for me, Rico, it's not Rico, Malik versus Ronald Jones. And then uh, Deuce, I got Deuce making the roster. And then some people would say, well, wait a minute, you're carrying four. I am carrying four, but I'm not counting Deuce as a running back per se. But that's mm. a conversation for another day. But the ultimate thing for me is is the special teams equation. We know Rico Dowdle plays special teams. We know Malik Davis plays special teams. We know that Deuce Vaughn is getting reps as pump protector, and he's going to get some um, some reps as a returner in preseason because they want Turpin to kind of pull back from that and get some offensive reps. So the question is how effective or ineffective will Ronald Jones be on special teams? And in that conversation, in the John Bones Fossil conversation, Rojo seems to be kind of the odd man out. So good conversation that I was just listening to, and I was like, oh, still on it, as always. As Come, on, always. Man. Come on, man. You know we got to stay on top of it, because if I'm we knowing. don't. I'm knowing. <laughs> <laughs> they try to press us. So before we get into um, a few things I want to hear from you that you're, you're you know looking to watch for on Saturday, are there any injury updates that we need to be made aware of heading into practice today? Well, uh, first and foremost, let's just go ahead and say that Luke Schoolmaker is really starting to come on. Uh, he, he was activated from NFI on Monday, obviously, but on that day he stuck mostly and exclusively, I should say, to individual drills, um, and they didn't release him to formally practice with the team because they wanted to kind of feel things out with that plantar fasciitis. But the next pad of practice, he was, in fact, doing team drills. So that's fantastic. But he also, uh, in doing so, he got his first touchdown of NFL training camp, which, which was phenomenal. Um, standing ovation for the young man. He's working his way in. But what was more impressive than that to me was two plays later, 
on a bad ball from Cooper Rush uh, right side of the end zone back pylon. Uh, he couldn't reach it, but he completely went horizontal. Like he just threw mm. his body weight at it to try to make that play. And anybody who knows football and you knows receivers, tight ends, uh, when it comes to, you know, being able to dive like that, especially because that's a big boy. That's a big boy. So to propel that mass forward, that means he has a lot of confidence in that, confidence in that foot. And that's definitely absolutely what you want to see there. Uh, Mozzie Smith, I know a lot of people were concerned initially about Mozzie Smith missing practice, uh, missing padded practice with uh, what we're being told is knee tendonitis. He had a precautionary MRI done, and, you know, people say, oh, well, Cowboys are downplaying it. Well, actually, this one they were not downplaying it because after the news came of the precautionary MRI, I was walking and I saw Mozzie and I caught up with him and said, hey, Mozzie, how you, how you feeling? He's like, man, I'll be all right. Of course, I looked down, not a knee brace in sight, not a knee wrap in sight. Fast forward to yesterday, mock game walkthrough. Not only was he present, but he wasn't relegated to the sideline. He was on the field hmm. going through the mock game. So there's at least a solid chance that he takes the field on Saturday. I would not put money on that because first-round pick, knee tendonitis, don't push it if you don't have to. But if they say he's good to go, then he's good to go. The main takeaway here is there is no concern with Mozzie Smith. Uh, and then who's my other guy? Tyler Biadish. Uh, Tyler Biadish left practice, left padded practice uh, this week with what was to, what I was told was a rolled ankle. So you know nothing major because that rolled ankle didn't result in any structural damage. He actually returned to the sideline. He was testing it out, uh, but ultimately the Cowboys medical staff decided to shut him down for for that practice. He's far too important starting center. You already have some issues with the Zach Martin situation. You're trying to figure out your interior line rotation. You don't want to yeah. lose Tyler Biadish. He also, like Mozzie Smith, was on the field yesterday going through the drills and going through the mock game reps. So he looks good as well. There is no device on his ankle. Um, so doesn't look like that, that sprain is going to be an issue for him going forward. So Cowboys have been dodging some, um, some injury bullets, for lack of a better way to put it. Donovan Wilson, he's out of his boot. Israel Mukwamu back in practice full speed. If you follow my follow me on Twitter at Voice of the Star. You've seen I posted some Izzy highlights, and uh, he's out there making some plays. So all things are moving in the right direction there. I, I want to pick up where you where you left off with Tyler Biotish, because I, I'd imagine everyone is going to be watching this interior offensive line on Saturday, because it hasn't right. really been winning days, and it's tough. I'll be honest. It's going to be tough to win days against this defensive line, but it's clearly one of the concerning right. things. So you know, what specifically or who specifically are you looking for or watching on Saturday against the Jaguars? On the interior, I should say. Well, on the interior, well, first of all, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of not playing starters unnecessarily in the preseason, particularly these first two preseason games. Uh, and especially now that we've shrunk down from four to three, it's kind of like why play them at all because you don't really have that dress rehearsal game anymore. Um, yeah. So I want to see Matt Farniak in a game setting. Um, he's had some uneven battles here in camp. Uh, he's won some. He's lost some. You could say that about everyone. But for Matt Farniak, he's a, he's a guy that you need to take that leap forward this year because you don't know what's going on with Zach Martin just yet. And even if you do know, even if Zach Martin walked in today, and I, I, I hope he does, but even if he does, you still need that interior um, depth secured, and Matt Farniak is the first name that's going to keep coming up when you ask these coaches and you ask the front office, well, who are you looking at for interior left guard, uh, or left guard, right guard, backup center? It's going to be Matt Farniak. 
spoke with Mike McCarthy yesterday or a couple of days ago about Matt Farniaka. He said, well, some of the struggles may be uh, due to too much flex being put on him between swinging left, right, mm. and then getting some center reps. So they're, they're trying to make him a little bit more exclusive to one position this past week. I want to see what that plan of action looks like going into Saturday. So my eyes are there. I'm also looking at rookie fifth-round pick Austin Richards. He hasn't popped just yet. He has the frame, has the ability, has the hands, has the feet. Maybe just needs to get his NFL speed there. Uh, no better way to do it than to put him into an NFL game. So I'm looking at Austin Richards as well from the interior line standpoint. And from there, uh, it's it's kind of the usual suspect as far as wondering if they can. And in that category falls a guy like Josh Ball, right? So Josh Ball, former tack, former backup tackle for the Cowboys. They're now trying him at interior at the guard position. He's got a ton of reps at right guard. He's got some reps behind Tyler Smith at left guard. Let's see if Josh Ball can show the Cowboys that he can be of value as a backup interior lineman. So for me, those are you know three guys. Obviously, throw Chuma Idoga in there as well. Um, the Cowboys brought him in so that he could affect the game from the interior as a backup guy. He's had an up-and-down um, training camp thus far, had a strong blue-white practice. So he's starting to feel his way out a little bit. Hopefully that trend continues. Matt, when, when you said the name Josh Ball, the, the chat collectively went – Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> Collectively. <laughs> they say, no, 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 we want to hear about Brock Hoffman, man. What's going on with Brock? That's what Brock, Brock, Brock Hoffman. Brock, yeah, I like it. So Brock, Brock's another guy you want to definitely keep an eye on. And, and I, I can understand the Josh Ball thing because if you look at the film, it's just not there for yeah. me, just like it's not there for y'all. So I get it. I get it 100%. Brock Hoffman looks like he's making strides, but he's still on the depth chart for me. He's still behind Matt Farniak, so he's going to have to make bigger strides if he wants to get into that um, that immediate depth conversation. But also Alec Lindstrom. Alec Lindstrom, mm-hmm. young guy, Boston College, going into the second year. Obviously, he got some reps when Tyler Biadish went down with the rolled ankle. Uh, so Lindstrom at center, that's another one to watch as well. So some of these young guys are absolutely going to get their opportunities on Saturday. Well, great. Alyssa Meyer said, well, let's go. I was just about to ask you because uh, he was a guy. A lot of us are not interior. That's true. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Hey, Alyssa, Alyssa, or Miss Myers, Mr. Myers, I did say interior. So let's go to the tackles real quick. Let's go to the tackles. Matt, well, let's go. Uh, I imagine Terrence still ain't playing. Tyron Smith ain't playing. But some of these backup guys, what are we thinking here? Uh, all eyes on Willetsko for me, and mm-hmm. I've been uh, – it, it's no secret that I've been high on, on Willetsko since last year before he suffered the shoulder subluxation that uh, essentially, or effectively, I should say, ended his, his season. But he's back. Uh, shoulder looks good. Strength looks good. Feet look good. Um, the football IQ has never been the issue. So from the swing tackle perspective, I like what he's bringing in camp thus far as a backup guy. So keep your eye on that. Um, awesome Richards. I can put him in both conversations, interior and on the edge, because the Cowboys have been working him as such. And obviously coming from North Carolina, a lot of his work, most of his work was done at on the outside as a tackle. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how he made a name for himself uh, out there in North Carolina. So want to see him as well. So those are my top two when it comes to the edge. But I have a golden circle around Matt Willesco because I'm really anxious to see what he can do uh, in the absence of Terrence Steele, in the absence of Tyron Smith, because I don't expect either of those two guys to play. Before I, I flip to the defensive side, uh, we, we were talking about the wide receivers uh, prior to you joining 
the show. And I'm excited to see these young guys in this system in the preseason because I think the system combined with, you know, Cooper Rush being a veteran and, and having a strong camp, excuse me, having a strong camp, we should be able to see more production out of this group than we've seen over the last few years. Uh, is 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 my feeling right on that, or do you think there might be still be some struggles like we've seen specifically last season, where no receiver had more than forty four yards? It felt like on the entire in the entire preseason when it comes to the depth guys. Well, I, I think the depth. I'm not even going to say I think. I believe the depth chart at wide receiver looks uh, <laughs> massively improved over last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the addition of Brandon Cooks and, you know, the, the likely bounce back of Michael Gallup. I'm talking about WR4 down. WR4 down, well, first of all, you didn't really have a definitive WR3 last year, which kind of goes to my point yeah. as far as the depth being massively improved. Uh, Jalen Tolbert looks like he's really coming on strong. And, and I'm telling you guys, I'm not trying to make you drink any Kool-Aid because I don't drink Kool-Aid of this nature. I do, you know, when my when my mama make it, I got to drink it because, you know, that's red, that's great. You know how that goes. Um, but when it comes to the Cowboys and sports, I just shoot it straight. So I'm telling you what I'm seeing from Jalen Tober. This is not gas. This young man looks like he's back in South Alabama. He's playing confident football. He's not thinking. His moves look fluid. His routes look good. He's aggressive attacking the ball. He's aggressive coming off of his releases with the press coverage. He, he just looks more like he belongs. So if yes, like he belongs, and he believes it, and because it's true. So now the only thing was he needed to believe it. It looks as if he's believing it now, and I I hope that that translates over to the games. But we will see because that's another name to watch uh, as as early as this Saturday. Uh, but when you talk about the Jalen Tolbert conversation in 2023, you're talking about him being a front runner for WR four. Uh, but then you got You got to mention Cavante Turpin. From what I'm seeing from Turpin out here. He is making waves offensively, even when he's not targeted. So when he's targeted, he's bringing the ball down. I've seen him high point and get the ball over bigger, taller, longer defenders. But then I'm also seeing how destructive he is in space. Uh, and, and the defensive backs, the nickel backs, they're really having a hard time containing him in space. He just It seems like he gets open at will. And I will compare his ability to get open in space to a guy like Cole Beasley which I don't think is an incorrect comp when you look at the size, the quickness, the ability to plant and go and get into his break to get out of his break. That is what he reminds me of from the slot perspective. But he can also go downfield as well. So you got Jalen Tolbert. Looks like he's coming on strong. Let's hope he translates it over. You got Kevante Turpin, who we know can translate it over, just needs a chance with the play calling and the playbook. Okay, From there, now you start looking at these young guys. I know Simi Fajoko has had an up-and-down camp. More ups than downs, but still up and down. Jalen Brooks, though, not many downs, okay? Mm-hmm. The rookie seventh-round pick, he's making, he's stacking good days, day after day after day. Jalen Moreno-Cropper, God, we got a lot of Jalen, like we have a lot of Tyler, right? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Moreno-Cropper, you know, the undrafted rookie, he's come in and he's made some waves. Cooled down a bit as of late, but I, I wonder if that's in direct correlation with Jalen Brooks uh, <laughs> making waves. So yep. that competition right there is, is – is, is good, hot and heavy. So I said all of that still to say this: the wide receiver depth looks uh, looks much improved over 2022. And for my money, that means that when Cooper Rush and then ultimately Will Greer get in these preseason games with this particular group we're describing, Tolbert and Turpin and and Fajoko and uh, Brooks and Moreno Cropper, uh, and then hey, let's not forget John. 
Stevens Jr. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you categorize him as a tight end or wide receiver. Put him at the tight end. Big enough to be a tight end. He's big enough to be a tight end, but he has lined up as wide receiver as well because he has the hands and the ability to do that. So uh, Cooper Rush and Will Greer have plenty of targets uh, effect of this this Saturday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it should be a much more successful pass game when that second and third group is in. Uh, I, I want to tap in so bad to this Cole Beasley Turpin thing, but I know you're 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 you know tough on time right now. Yep, but we got to like, You like that cliffhanger? Oh though. my god! <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the courage to say it because, but I, in my See, head, I gotta, when I watched I got, it, I, I, oh, I, I, I got I got to give you the cliffhanger <laughs> with the Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh my god, man! Hey, uh, do, so, do you lab. do you got time to talk about Demo, or or we want we want to save this for next week? We will save it for next All week, right. but I will right. say this because I, I I got to get over to this hit for uh, gotcha. 105.3 FM, the fan, in about five minutes. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to grab a pen, run this back to, to jot these names down. I mentioned a few of these uh, players that you should keep an eye on. Keep an eye on everybody. Also, keep keep in mind that this is not win or lose. This is evaluation time for the Cowboys, and it should be for you as well. So don't tweet any of us about scores. We don't care. So, Cavante Turpin, Jabril Cox. Absolutely. Uh, Jalen Brooks, John Stevens Jr. mentioned him. Wanye Thomas. Mm. Wanye Thomas and Marquise Bell. Keep an eye on these young safeties, especially Wanye. He's been making plays and uh, camp practice. And Eric Scott Jr., the one that I named as the steal of the draft, the potential steal of the draft, he is also getting his hands dirty out here. So looking forward to him in the preseason as well. So keep an eye on everyone, but most certainly draw circles around those guys. And ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, Let's just watch the game for what it is. It's evaluation to find out who deserves to make the roster toward the end of this month. Don't watch it for wins or losses. We don't care about that. Oh, no, no, man. I'm still upset. I want to talk to you more, man. But that's yes, science. That's science, man. That's, that's, guy, <laughs> that's the science guy, Pat No C. Walker, gi- giving us the science as usual, brother. Appreciate you, man. Much love, and we'll talk to you next week, man. Absolutely. Talk to you guys later. Yeah. Yeah. God. Damn. That's the only thing about, you know, during the offseason or during training camp, we, we we can't get Pat as long as we want. But I promise you, during the season, we'll have Pat uh, much longer. In fact, we'll actually be recording episodes. So that'll be fun. But uh, great stuff. I, again, biased probably, but Pat is puts in so much work and it's quality. Not hard that is to have 17 different hats and it's quality. There were so many good things in that. And again, I always go back and watch or listen and watch, I guess, listen to what he said when he joins us here on the scientific method. But before we move on to the second half of my list, I want to go back. I want to go back to that Beasley thing. So uh, take a quick little break. Get your, your drink in. If you wrote down some notes, go ahead, put it in your computer, put it in your phone and uh, come on back. If you want to get into the phone lines now, you can at 351-999-3787. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Shout out to y'all for joining me this morning. Salute. Y'all are fantastic in there. I, I I do see the hashtag ask Pat questions. Trust me, I do. 
but we can't we can't do it during during camp right now. During the season, totally different story. During camp, we just can't do it. He's pressed for time, but I am still like not. I want to say stuck, but when he brought up Cole Beasley, I promise y'all what, about Turpin. When I saw him doing those whip routes against Kelvin Joseph and doing some of the underneath things, you know, the motion and just the quick speed outs, the quick outs, I'm just in my head. I didn't have the confidence to say it yet because I'm like, just give me a preseason game before I say this, Turk. But I was like, man. That looked like Cole Beasley, you know, and it reminded me of last year when he first got like the first day. I think it was when Turpin got here and he was doing like drills, he was doing these things with his feet, these, these, these quick. I'm like, man, his feet are crazy. But then that never translated from a receiver standpoint. Obviously, we found out, you know, he couldn't pick up the playbook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and not only him, but a lot of young guys. But and I saw somebody in the chat say, "Hey man, a Cole Beasley is perfect for this offense and for Dak or whomever." But not even, not just a Cole Beasley, but a slot like that, like a slot slot. How many times have I said that? Cole Beasley, uh, Randall Cobb have produced mightily in this system under Dak Prescott. A slot receiver is always, I mean, and anybody really. Let's be honest. If you are a quality slot receiver that can get open right now and create mismatches because of your quickness. Quarterbacks are, are going to love that, and they'll get it to you because I know, oh, you're going to beat this third corner. You're going to beat this safety. You're going to beat this linebacker if I get the matchup. So, and I'm not saying that Terp is going to, you know, evolve into a a an every down slot, right? He still will probably only get maybe 20, 20 snaps at most. Like last year, he was getting three. No, none sometimes, six. But if you can get him out there 15 snaps or so, yeah, I, I think you can you can get him a couple receptions underneath. And the beauty with him no offense to, to Cole, because Cole was one of the best slots in the game at the time. I'll, I'll die on that hill. Is that he can take one of those five yards, one of those seven yards, and go 50. So hearing him bring up Cole Beasley really got me going, man. Um, yeah, exactly, Special K. Defeat, 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 defeat. Now, he got to have the hands. Cole had them hands, boy. He got to have them hands. And when you're playing slots, sometimes that thing's going to come hot. Because you, you're right off the line of scrimmage for the most part more than anybody else is. So you got to add them hands. And we know that you know Dak has improved his power over the years. So I'm definitely going to be watching that aspect of uh, Kevontae Turpin in preseason. How can he work in that slot? All right, before I get to the second half, my guy L. Gene did call in, man. What's on your mind, L. Gene? Good morning. What's going on, Scott? How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Oh, man, I'm blessed enough day. Um, I was listening to you and Fox yesterday and one of the callers came in and said do, Kellen Moore Do me a favor, bro. Made it. Yeah, yeah. Gotta speak yes, up sir. a little bit. I couldn't hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh Kellen Moore made it harder for the his playmakers but easier for the, the quarterback was that well, was crazy. Yeah, nah, so what he said team. was what he said was how he said how can you say you're making it easier for your quarterback if it's harder for your playmakers, that's what the that's what the caller said, and I was like, "Damn, that's heavy." That that was that was some, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. My my only problem with this whole season right now is it's gonna hinge on our offensive line. Yeah, and I just pray that the arrogance of this 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 front office about Josh Ball and Walesco doesn't come back and bite them, man. You know what I mean? I, we, we had a chance to address it in free agency. You had a chance to address it 
in the draft and you chose a tight end in the second round, which I really – I think that was – you know, I like Schoolmaker and who knows what he turns out to be. But if you uh, – I watched uh, Boss's show, and he's um, he was either Gelkin or I forgot who said that if John Stevens Jr. had Schoolmaker on the back of his jersey, the internet would be going crazy because of the plays he's making. Like, you can find these guys, you know what I mean? And it's just – Man, I just I, I pray and I hope to God that Zach Martin comes back and that these offensive linemen can develop. Yeah, the, the, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate you, LG. Salute. Right. Yeah, the, the the schoolmaker thing. We're all rooting for him, but again, it's I ain't gonna sit here and lie to y'all. I I I'm still I still would have preferred offensive line. I just would have. Uh, but here's to Luke Schoolmaker getting healthier. Here's to him getting out there, if not this week, next week, and getting acclimated, and, and hopefully at the very damn least turning into a, a a quality tight end two at the very best. Your future at tight end one, but you know it's it's right now it's a little bit behind eight ball. We'll see what happens here. He, he got a chance, and I know Pat said you know he was talking about how big. It, yo, that was the first thing I noticed when he got out to rookie minicamp. And we start seeing the pictures of him in the jersey. I said, we sure that's not a defensive tackle or defensive end? I mean, it's, and look, they're all labeled at 6'5", 250. But he he looks legitimately 6'5", 270 because he's just so country swamp, strong, country swole. I don't know. Dude is huge. So I'm hoping, you know, with that strength, it can provide something in year one at the very least from a blocking department. And he can give you some... Um, Gavin Escobar, rest in peace. Gavin Escobar or Martellus Bennett. We'll use them both. If you guys remember Gavin Escobar and Martellus Bennett early in their careers here in Dallas, they didn't give you tight end one production. They didn't they didn't give you down in, down out production. But what they did was, or at least Martellus Bennett in this department, he blocked his ass off and he caught you about four touchdowns in the red zone. Gavin Escobar wasn't a blocker, but he got you some touchdowns in the red zone. So if year one is a... a Jake Ferguson year one for for schoolmaker. A lot of people will be highly disappointed because he's a second round pick. But again, I've been saying it forever, man. Tight ends, if they're not going to be the feature of your offense, it it takes some damn time. Like it's going to take time, and which is why I don't want to take one in the second round. But spilt milk and crying over it, rooting for a schoolmaker to make something happen. Man. All right, let's get to the second half of my list. Cornerback depth. Loud noises. The hell does that mean, Scott? The reason why I said loud noises, obviously I have quiet ones at the bottom, but I want to talk about the loud noises, is because there are cornerbacks who are having camps out there that aren't quiet, right? That are making noises. We've been talking about this on Vach's show. Uh, you've got the Nation Wrights, who, yeah, he might get beat sometimes, but he's making plays too. He He's having a solid camp. Again, he had a solid camp last year. Uh, Eric Scott Jr., we know about the noises Eric Scott's making. He 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 looking like cornerback four right now with you know Jay Lou out of there. Uh Deron Bland also battling. And the difference between this year and last year with Deron Bland, I think you're seeing it, is that this wide receiver room is way tougher. And this is what you want. You want him to go up against the, the quality of these wide receivers because when he goes out there against other teams, it may not be his quality. But he's battling these guys too. So I want to see other guys, the Josh Butlers, Miles Brooks. Kelvin Joseph. Make some noise. Be loud 
on Saturday. It doesn't have to be interceptions, but that helps, right? It could be big tackles. What one of the best games that Deron Bland had in preseason last year had nothing to do with picking off the ball. It was how physical he was making tackles, coming down the Denver Broncos game, physical with the wide receivers, PBUs. You can make loud noises in that sense. And that's what that's what we need to see from Kelvin. Not what we want. What we need to see. And it's a great opportunity for him to do it because what will likely happen here, I'd imagine Kelvin. And see, this is something I wonder if they're going to they're going to ask Coach McCarthy, because now I'm thinking about it. Deron Bland, nah, they'll probably go Nation right. Eric Scott on the outside with Deron Bland on the inside. So Kelvin Joseph's still going to get a ton of opportunity, right? But Kelvin Joseph is that first man up. So he's going to be out there against some of the, the top court, top quarterbacks, the backup quarterbacks, not the third and fourth string guys. But when you are out there with the third and fourth string guys, make some, make some plays. Make some noise. So I'm definitely watching this cornerback depth, seeing if a guy like Eric Scott can carry over uh, the momentum and see if a guy like Kelvin Joseph can make some noise. And then I got the quiet ones. The quiet ones. Sometimes they say, hey, man, you got to watch out for those quiet ones. Well, see, in camp, I I, I don't like quiet. <laughs> in camp, I, I, I need you to make some type of difference. I don't care if the noise was, hey, dog, Viliami Fehoko, after the whistle blew, he just dumped Terrence Steele. He, he he just lifted Matt Walesco. He, you know, Brock Hoffman, Brock Hoffman was trying to fight him because he, I ain't heard nothing. He ain't been out of practice. He been, you know, he been practicing. I ain't seen nothing. So I want to see a guy like Viliami Fehoko make some noise as well. Speaking of loud noises, Isaiah Land, right? I want to see, hey, Sack King, let's do it. This is what I said when we got Isaiah Land, Daryl Johnson, and Tyrus Wheat. I said, man, we've got three guys. There used to be like one dude. Remember the Mike Kafka, I think was his name. Uh, and I could be saying that wrong. Probably not totally wrong. Uh, there was another dude a few years ago. It was like one undrafted pass rusher. We're like, hey, got a chance. This year, there's three undrafted pass rushers. That I'm excited to see in preseason. Isaiah Land, Darrell Johnson, Tyrus Wheat. They're fairly quiet. Let's make some noise. Let's get loud out there. TJ Bass. TJ Bass is not necessarily quiet because we've been asking questions about TJ Bass. So people have been talking. But I want to see TJ Bass dump somebody, right? Because we need to get some confidence on this interior. If I did a poll... And y'all phony if you're lying to me. If I did a poll that said, are you confident in the interior line depth? That poll should be 100% no, 0% yes. But I'm fair. I do this all the time. If you are one of those who are confident in the offense, that's a defense line, I meant offense line. In the offensive line interior depth, please let me know why. And I would love to hear it out. Maybe it'll give me some confidence because I am not confident. So I want to see a TJ Baz, Brock Hoffman, uh, Awesome Richards. I want to see these guys move dudes, lift these dudes, and also obviously not go out there and play for themselves, but play on a string with their offensive linemen, right? So TJ, Brock, uh, 
awesome. Whoever it is that's in there on the interior, Edogo, who look like he ain't going to make his team. I want to see you make some damn noise. My bad on the defensive line. I meant offensive line. I meant offensive line. Offensive line interior depth probably should be 0%. Yes, 100% no. Then you got guys like Devin Harper. Devin Harper here and there, I've, I've, I've seen some things. I've heard some things, but, but not enough to where he loud. It's still very quiet. Same thing with Brillo. Brillo started off not necessarily loud, but you could hear some faint noises in the background and things have kind of quieted down. And But to be fair to the linebackers, to be fair, you can't do much. You can't hit. All you can do is if you see it, go and then let up. So those ones have asterisk, asterisk next to them. I get it. And what we saw last year was guys like uh, Devin Harper, guys like uh, Jefferson. They kind of made some plays in the preseason. And then when Brillo came back against the Seahawks, he was making some plays. So this is the time for the linebacker depth. We know what Clark, we know, and he might, I don't know if he'll play or not, we'll see. But we know about Clark, we know about LVE, we know about Micah, we know about these guys. Let's see these depth guys get loud. So those are my four things, Cowboys Nation. Give me some of the, the things you're looking for. Uh, players, or it can be coaches, it, it can be whatever. I do have a, a bonus one. Two of them. I have the quarterbacks. Because again, when we look at the receivers, I said I want to see more production. That means I'm going to need to see better play from the quarterbacks. The preseason play hadn't been great from the quarterbacks. But I think when you put in context, offensive line, scheme was was not great. Especially especially with not great players. Right? If you don't got a great scheme, then backups aren't going to help you. So I want to see these quarterbacks connect with these receivers because that's going to be important. And then maybe the most underrated aspect here, Brandon Aubrey, you up, sir. You up. There's no competition. There, you, you're doing all the kickoffs from quarter one to quarter four. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to be perfect, but I hope you are. And if you miss, let it be 58. Let it be 59. Let it be 55. You know, 54. Let it be in the 50s, mid to, mid to, mid to late 50s. I don't want you missing from 50 or 51 because we're going to be kicking those sometimes. Um, so Brandon Aubrey is, is definitely maybe the most underrated thing that we're all going to be watching out there. How are the kickoffs looking? The kickoff rule. How will Bones play into that? Bones is, that's what I love about Bones Fossil, is he takes his job extremely seriously and he'll use every everything in his toolbox. So will he be doing some, hey, we're going to do hang time at the five and make him call a fair catch or decide if they want to bring it out. That'll be fun to watch. But Brandon Aubrey, how's he kicking it off? And obviously, how is he kicking? So those are some of the bonus ones right there. Nah, not Friday, Jay. Tomorrow, though, we'll do a, a mailbag. It's been a long time, but we got a couple weeks under our belts from uh, pre, or our preseason training camp, so we'll do a mailbag tomorrow. All right, we got a couple callers. Let's get to Chris from Alaska. What's going on, hey. Chris? Yeah, what's up, Skywalker? I just had one question. When it comes to this preseason and us looking at uh, Cooper Rush and Will Greer kind of fighting it out for who's going to be his second string, obviously Cooper Rush won it last year. But let's say Will Greer does win the second string job. Do you what? Do you think he brings a different element to his game compared to Cooper Rush? Whether yeah, I don't think they're the same like players. Running ability. Or yeah. Yeah, I don't like think that. they're the same. Yeah, I think. I think Cooper Rush, it, I'm sorry, uh, 
Will Greer is is more mobile. I think he has a, a livelier arm, but you know, all that's fine and dandy, but I say this all the time. Can you put it together between the ears? And that's what Cooper Rush has. Like Cooper Rush might not have the livelier right. arm or what have you, but he's been around longer. He's got more experience. And I don't I personally don't think there is a quarterback two competition. I think it's Cooper Rush's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think- no, I just it's just it's just good to talk about because you never know, like maybe they maybe they want to see what we are, Will Greer has. I mean, they're going to still keeping Cooper Rush there. They're going to see what, what they had. They're going to yeah. see what he has because like, he's, he's going to play a lot. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind him. Let's say Dak went down. Knock on wood. Like I hope he doesn't. But like, I wouldn't mind seeing what Will Greer can do if Cooper Rush were to struggle. If he were to have come in, especially with him being more mobile, especially with the offensive line. I mean, uh, kind of, kind of question, kind of a question mark when it comes to. Well, Zach, well, Zach Martin should be coming back, hopefully. But if not, that could be a big question mark and stuff like that. So also having a, a, a guy that can move more mobily can really help out if he had to come in, if you know what I mean. Sure. But Cooper Rush is 5-1 and one as a starter in the National Football you're right. League. Yeah. Bro. Like, like Cooper yeah, Rush, you're is, right. You're right. he's played with – I don't know. I just, you know. And I'm not saying he was fantastic. He's far from that. But – I mean, he's proven that, look, man, I'll hold down the fort enough and just let the defense do the damn thing until our guy gets back. So I don't think there's a competition. I think what Will Greer is out there doing right now is saying, hey, it, I want to force y'all to carry three, or I want to force you to bring me back to the practice squad so I can be your third quarterback every week that doesn't count against the roster. I it, I don't, I just right. don't know how you can look at what Cooper Rush did over the last two years and be like, he's in competition with Will Greer. Last right. year, maybe. This year, no. Yeah, I have another question. Uh, how many receivers do you think we're going to have, uh, six or seven, in your opinion? Or do you think there probably is another position that we need to have more guys on? Maybe, I don't know, all O-line, maybe you want to carry an extra O-lineman or something like that. Six. I think, I think, I think six uh, because, again, draft pedigree matters to this team, so – and, and salute to Jalen Brooks because not only being drafted, but he's earned it. Now again, we got to go out of the preseason, but he's earned it. Yeah, so we got got. Yeah, go ahead. Semi would have to ball out like way better than Brooks to get that sixth spot. But we'll Indeed. have to see. He did get Indeed. a touchdown last year, but you never know. Yep, I appreciate you, Chris. I right, appreciate you. Bro. Yes, sir. Salute. Let's get the two o two. What's good, two o two? What's up, Scott? Can you hear me? Uh, I got you loud and clear. I'm going to turn you down, though, but I got you loud and clear. How you doing, bro? You're kind of low, but I just want to thank you for bringing me on. Um, uh, my name is INC, and uh, just thank you for the show. I've been listening to you for a couple of years now. Um, can oh, you hear me, bro? I-, I got you. Can you hear me, though? Uh, yeah, you're um, Yeah, you're kind of like uh, in the background, but I can hear you clearly now. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just want to say, say thank you. You guys, go, I go back and listen to you guys uh, way back, and I truly appreciate the the time you guys put in to get, get us content, a lot of the Cowboys fans, you know, we work and we don't have the ability to, you know, to uh, peruse the internet and get all this information. So yeah. thank you to you, Vach, and everybody else. But I was going to say, KJ, um, to answer your question, KJ, it appears he's a gamer. His practice, I don't think his practicing um, abilities have been the best. And if you remember the San Francisco game, he made a couple of plays um, maybe one of the two plays, didn't even a loss, but he had like one or two plays on the special team. So hopefully we'll get some things from him in the preseason. If not, I think it's the end of the road for him because yeah. the young guns are really stepping up. Yeah, go ahead. 
I think I just spiked my, my volume. Hold on one sec. I'm sorry, bro. When y'all said y'all couldn't hear me, I want to hear and turn my volume way up. So give me a second. I'm not to speak like it's ASMR because I don't want to. All right, there we go. Check, check. You got me loud and clear now? You got you loud and clear. You got me loud and clear? I got you. I, it just, I don't want to be faint to y'all. So yeah. I had a hard time. I heard you say, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Kelvin Joseph is a gamer? Yeah, it appears he's a, uh, because a lot of times his practice reports come out and he's not doing well. He's getting burnt. He's getting smoked. But during games, he appears to, I know you're late in the season, especially in San Francisco, he made like one or two plays in the playoff game. I think it was a special yeah, team. Yeah, he forced, he forced a fumble in, 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 in on special team. But I don't give a, I'm beyond, I don't care about him on special team. He's a second round pick. I, I, I need him to show me something from a cornerback. So are you saying he's a gamer on special teams? Or are you saying he's a gamer at the cornerback position where he was drafted to play? Well, uh, as far as being a quarterback drafted play, no. He hasn't shown anything right. that he's a gamer in that position. But as far as special teams, uh, I think he's shown some things there. And, you know, it's a reclamation project. We're trying to get anything out of a second-round pick. And it's par for the course with the Cowboys. Second-round picks have been, you know, making Hit, all yes. kinds of crazy picks. So, you know. Anyway, uh, uh, just another thing, too, I was looking for in the preseason is definitely um, uh, Turpin. I actually think Turpin has a chance, based on the way um, the offense is running, to actually take that number three spot from Gallup because um, I was also like, yo, I was kind of hesitant to look at him as a Cole Beasley type position, but that's the way it appears as far as the practice reports and the way the offense is running, that he's going to have that kind of Cole Beasley type role in the offense. And um, as well, far he, as Cooper Rush, he can only play right? slot, right? Like He's never going to be a, an yeah. X or a Z like that. So, I mean, you're definitely going to have the – slot role but uh but yeah yeah well if he goes on the outside you know his speed will help him on the outside if he does go on the outside but um um he's yeah go ahead no no go ahead you say something about cooper rush yeah so cooper rush uh um i think he's at a point too where he needs to stop pushing back i mean he had a great five and one season and um for those of us that's at a point now where he has to get us to the championship game and if not, then the noble progression is that you need a backup who can stop really pushing him and make him, you know, I know the coach is going to hold him accountable not turning the ball over, but when you have a guy who's pushing you on the bench who you know can come and take your position and lead the team, I think that should also help him lock in a little bit more because he was trying to do too much last year with the uh, wide receiver core he had. And as far as Cooper Rush, I hope he can take that next step. And Will Gray hasn't done anything What's the next yet. step you're looking for from Rush? I thought he took the next step last year, but what's the next step you're looking for? Well, next step is, well, natural progression is if Dak goes down, he does what Dak does, like oh, holds shit. on to the job. Well, good, good luck with that. He's not Dak Prescott ability. That's true. You know, yeah, that's true. It, it, that's, yeah. just not, that's just not there for Cooper Rush, just physically. But, but what yeah. are you looking for him to, to do this year uh, to take the next, the next step as a, as a backup quarterback? Well, that's, exact, that's, that's the only thing you can do now because he was out in the market and 32 teams passing him to the Cowboys brought him back. So the next step we're going to do is maybe um, push that to the point where by next season teams can look at him as a viable starter. But that's the only thing he can do as far as this season. <laughs> hey, bro, that was his shot. <laughs> Last year, bro, you go five, was it 4-1. You go 4-1. And, one. It, and, and yeah. I know, and this is exactly why I, I said there's context there. But if you go 4-1, uh, you had the 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 game on the road against Philly, which is the bad game. That was your yep. shot to hit the open market and, and get looked at as a starting quarterback. But everybody passed yep. on him as a starting quarterback. So 
It, it, the yep. only the next step would be you're hoping that not you, but Dak is not available for the entire season essentially, and then Cooper Rush goes in there and has it becomes Jake DeLome or something, right? Where he just there just go. goes berserk. Go. Cowboys go to Super Bowl, and now it's like, hey, you know, I, I'm a starting quarterback. Come get me that, and that just seems like we're living in La La Land. Yeah, well, I mean that that would be a well signature of a Super Bowl team. So we hope that happens because. Remember, no, Dak I don't. Is the same thing. I don't hope that, that that Dak Prescott goes down and gets hurt because I no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't hope Dak goes down. I just hope Cooper Rush takes that next step. That's what I mean. I don't hope Dak oh, goes down at all. I hope he plays all games. I hope he plays every game at a high level. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But any, uh, the next question was I kind of lost my train of thought there. But the next question you had was about the uh, the DBs and was that the DBs or something like that? I didn't. I didn't bring up the DBs. Uh, we, we talked about them though. No. The the young bucks, the depth. Yeah. But I didn't but bring O-line, it up on the, the phone. O-line. Okay, O line, right? Yeah, the yeah, O line, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I think the O line. We just got to trust the process. McCarthy has done a good job of the last two. We've had musical chairs there for the past two years, so um, we just got to trust that McCarthy will do the same thing. He had Jason Peters last year. He had a bump, Tyron Smith, and somehow we still dragged this team to a twelve and five record. Uh, the year prior to that, too, we had was it Connor? Was Connor still there? The Connor from yeah, Miami. Yeah. Both Connors, Connor um, McGovern, Connor Williams, yeah. We had who we had uh, the dude from uh, uh, went to the Bengals. Uh, uh, oh, Lyle, 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 yeah. Lyle. So he's shown that he can adjust on the O line. So we just gotta. If there's any silver lining in that problem, is just McCarthy um, has shown that his roster manager, especially in the O line area, has been um, fairly effective. So, but thanks for the call, but I don't want to um, keep you too long. Yeah. All right, man. Pr- appreciate the call. We'll talk about some of this. Thanks, man. Good stuff. I'll say this, and that's one thing I give McCarthy credit for, is that from a from a team management standpoint, when he's dealt with injuries, again, 12 and 5, 12 and 5, playoff victory on the road. So, you know, he's he's adapted to that and he did it in Green Bay. Uh, but when you dive into the context, especially on the offensive line, I mean, we saw what happened on the whole line. In 2020, it was a disaster. It, it, it absolutely derailed the offense for the most part, uh, but they managed to squeak out six victories. Uh, in 2022, because 2021, I thought the line was fine. I, I thought the line was was fine enough until it got banged up with Tyron Smith. When Tyron got hurt, he looked and played hurt, right? But I thought they had way better depth. I mean, you're talking about Connor McGovern was the backup at the time. I, I know people don't like Ty Nseki, but I take Ty Nseki that year over what the hell we got right now, right? There, there was quality depth on that offensive line. Um, and then last year, in 2022, I think you brought up Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins as well. I mean, shoot, we we had a we had a line. It just got, it got banged up. And then when those guys came back, it was still better than this depth, in my opinion. So this will be, in my opinion, his toughest challenge from a depth standpoint. Because you don't have Connor McGovern to fall back on. You ain't got Lyle Collins to fall back on. You ain't got, you know, Terrence Steele was a backup to start 2021. You know, you don't got that to fall back on. So this would definitely be telling. Um, and and honestly, I, I agree on one point, on one part of that argument that McCarthy has shown the ability to adapt from a team standpoint. But we saw what happened last year when your line got hurt. What happened to the run game? What happened to the pass protection, which was already not that great, to, to the run blocking it, it it definitely affected the team. And um, I don't even know if it gave them confidence once you got to the playoffs, right? Because you just you couldn't run the ball. And it wasn't just against, you know, the Niners. That, well, one player couldn't run the ball in the other game. 
but you couldn't really run the ball or have a threat to run the ball because you couldn't block it right. So um, when you break it all down, it's a concern if he has to dig into his bag of Brock Hoffman and Josh Ball. It, it's a concern, bro. That's a concern. All right, so a lot of these numbers I'm not familiar with. So here we go. Let's get uh, three, four, seven. What it is, what it do? My guy, Young Jedi, what's good? It's been a long time. Missed you, brother. Damn, it's been a grip. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, you know, I, uh, I've been watching your, you and watch, you know, y'all doing a tremendous, wonderful, wonderful job over the volume. You're doing your thing at ANZ. You're doing your thing. I'm, I'm always tuned in. Not able to call all the time, but right. I had to shout out, you know, because it's been a minute. I'm longer than a New York minute. Um, one thing, um, I, and I'm, you know, I'm going to hold you long, but I'm just in terms of one of the callers was talking about Cooper Rush. Uh, Cooper Rush is a good. He did this thing last year, five and one, like you said. Uh, he was he was ample as a good backup. I want him to stay the backup. I don't want. I don't want Dak nowhere. I, we rest Dak when we need to rest Dak. Dak playing, doing his thing. I, I know he's going to have a tremendous year because everybody's on him about these interceptions, about the twelve games, fifteen interceptions. Dak is going to do his thing. He got. We got weapons. We got the Micah defense. Everything we have built. We are going to put the NFL on notice. If they don't know now, they haven't seen, they're going to see it this year. Hopefully we jump over that hurdle and get past the 49ers because, you know, everybody's talking about Purdy and the 49ers. They didn't show me anything. They went on a streak. But they didn't show me nothing like, well, you know what, we we wound up killing ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to shout you out, Sky, you know, Keep up the good work. Keep up doing your thing. Keep grinding, staying up, and keeping us every, keeping all of us up on Cowboy content. Got you. Bro. Do your thing. Got you. I hear, I, I saw in the comments that someone said you got a, a, a becoming potential podcast. I'm gonna be looking forward to before you to do that. Keep it up, brother. I'm watching. All right, salute. salute. Appreciate you. I think he's talking about the wrestling pod. I got three weeks for that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Look. I said this the other day when we were reviewing the room. I saw somewhere like the Cowboys quarterback room in general was ranked really low. And I get it, right? Like Cooper Rush and Will Greer, these aren't sexy names. These aren't first round picks. These aren't guys that have, you know, this isn't Teddy Bridgewater, you know, first round pick or whatever, went to the playoffs, started. I get it. But I mean, I think there should be a little bit more respect to the room, at least at the top two, at least, you know, Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, because. Dak is Dak, you know, he got top 10 quarterback, so that that helps. And then Cooper Rush, you know, he's come in going five and one as a starter. So I don't get how that room doesn't get it, get the respect. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's a quality backup. I, I don't think any team is looking at Cooper Rush as a starter. Uh, he he would have to go nuclear. And I'm going to keep using that from a from a production standpoint to be looked at that. And he 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 didn't even go firecracker. As a as a starter last year, you know, so he, but he did his job as a as a bus driver, game manager, to 
to get these victories. But counting on him to be a starter, nah. I, I, that's why somebody in the chat said, and I think he was just saying what somebody else said, that there's that Cooper Rush is competition. I'm like, guys, I thought we, I thought we figured this thing out. I thought we figured this thing out here. That, that's not no, no, no. But let's let's be happy. We have a guy that has come in over the last few years and has been able to keep this thing afloat when your top 10 guy was out. Let's be happy with that, you know? But let's relax. Let's relax. What are we doing? Uh, 818. What it is, what it do? What's good, 818? Hello? Hello? Okay. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. About to get banged on. What's good, 818? Hold on, hold on. Um, I'll just I'll keep it short and sweet. I think this is Kelvin Joseph's last year as a Cowboy, especially with the Cowboys going out for Stephon Gilmer. Maybe they're pursue using draft picks for players in the future. Um, he's this year. I think it's going to be strictly special things for him. I don't think he'll go past the fifth quarterback spot, honestly. Um. Also, I think the, I think Sammy uh, Fahoko. I think this is I think it's gonna be his last year as well. If he even makes the team this year, Mario Copper and Brooks are both outplaying him. He's not catching Tolbert or Turpin. And no. Cooper Rush, he's a backup. He game manager limited the turnovers. He didn't turn over the ball in enemy territory until he, he did. Yeah, last game he did. We'll leave that game uh, untalked about that. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> he, we, I don't want to bring up that game. That was a, that was a messy game. Um, but, yeah, he, he limited turnovers in all our games that we needed him to, but the last one, and that's what a backup's supposed to. He's supposed to keep the team afloat and let the players around him play. Yeah, I agree. So and I'll be real. I honestly think if he did have to step in, I think the production – would be better because, A, number one, you got better players around you, and I think the scheme is going to help aid as well. Again, this the scheme shift, in my opinion, and the personnel uh, elevation is 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 going to help the entire quarterback room, not just Dak, right? So even if Coop had to step in, I still think, obviously, you're going to lean on your defense, but we should hopefully, you know, hopefully have have a better offense than what we saw last year when he was when he was in there. Almost definitely. And uh, one more thing. you I know we were talking about the O-line depth and everything, but McCarthy is known for that slant, slant option that he likes to run. That is very line-friendly. It's very, I want to get the ball up quick, let my playmakers in space, yeah. let them do them. Yeah. It, he doesn't want to hold the ball unless, you know, going deep. And if it is going deep, because I remember the Packers games and McCarthy was there. It was annoying. Uh, when they were going deep, that running back or tight end was always there for a big-ass chip or running back to staying in. So they're going to bring that six or seven blocker if need be. So I'm not really too worried about the line, especially if it's going to be flat, flat option. You're not worried about the line. So, in so regards what, what to part? His, what part? Like, like here's, the, here's the thing. No, I'm, I'm not worried about the, the starting line. Like, if everybody's healthy, man, this is just okay, top yeah, 10 depth, unit. Yeah. Right? Like, this top 10, you're talking about Tyrus Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, he's going to play, and Terrence Steele. Nobody's worried about that, right? But if you've no, got to if you've got to dig into your depth, that doesn't worry you a bit. 
It does, but like I'm not, I'm not, I feel like I'm not as worried as everyone else. Just gotcha. in the case of, like Good. I said, McCarthy understands offenses. He mm. knows I'm vulnerable here. I'm not going to make that more vulnerability than it already is. Got you. I feel you. That's a good answer. Like, like last year, he he knew our wide receiver two and three were our vulnerabilities, but he didn't let that really kill us because he knew, oh, okay, I have my playmakers with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Let's get them the ball. Let them do their work. What happened? Tony Pollard went off. Who? Time out, time out, time out. McCarthy didn't have a whole lot of say last year, and I think the opposite happened. Because <laughs> that's how you, that's why you see you know Noah Brown you know be the second lead receiver on your damn team and Michael Gallup out there doing routes he shouldn't be doing you know I think he just gave Kellen a rope and said do you brother and that's what he did he did him and, and and now he's where he's at but I agree that I think McCarthy would understand that hey seven step drops with Zach Martin and and Brock Hoffman in there for Zach or uh, uh, Matt Forniak in there for. Tyler Biotish, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. We're going to try to get this ball out quick, maybe lean on the ground, and uh, and, and maybe scheme some things open. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna. He understands football. That's one thing right. that we're gonna appreciate this year. He knows I have a vulnerability at my guard spot, my center spot. I'm not gonna, you know, risk myself, you know, sitting back there for seven seven sets. Sure, that's hey, man, pretty much it. Yeah, appreciate the call. Uh, what's, what's your, uh, what's your area code, Sadiqa? I'm unlocking. Get you in here, get and and, and no, 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 818, you good, you done. I'm talking about Sadiqa. Sadiqa wants to give a, give a call here, and uh, I'll get her in here, and then I'll close it back up, because got to keep it moving today. Can't go into too far of overtime, so let's keep it busting. 757, what's up? Seven five seven. I know you at AutoZone, but I need you to zone in, man. I see y'all so damn slick. I open the line for two seconds. Bing, bing. The conference has been locked. Two oh one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. My bad. Man. <laughs> Getting them wheels fixed. Just, Putting them rims on. That no, was good. <laughs> I just took the baby girl to school, so God damn it. <laughs> I just put my phone down real quick. <laughs> What's good, man? But nothing much, man. Uh, first time calling, man. Shout out to you. Uh, you. I've been listening to, to you through uh, Vach. So I'll be watching both of y'all's little streams now. I just joined. So I just wanted to call in real quick. Uh, I think, you know what? I've been becoming a bigger fan of I think Jerry Jones. Like as as the years have been going <laughs> along, man. I don't know why. At first I was like, man, I wish he could shut that just shut up. Just shut up. But man, at some point I'm just like, you know what? He's just being honest at this point, man. You know how you talk to like I don't know, like my grandfather. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like when he was living, he just He's just old and honest about every damn thing. Like, we used to just drive through, go to the drive-thru, and his ass talking about some, <laughs> yeah, I want the same thing as last time. Like, they can't <laughs> see you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he telling the people at the, at the drive-thru, yeah, just give me my normal, man. Yeah, come on, dog. I didn't want my normal. Sir, <laughs> who are you? Uh, look, so the thing with Jerry... 
if you keep Jerry away yeah. from football stuff, I'm fine. Yeah. Because I would love to have a drink with Jerry, listen to his stories, hear him blabber and, yeah. and speak in circles. But when it comes to football stuff, no. I want nothing to do with it. Like, no. Right, don't do it, Jerry. Don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I've been excited about this camp. I was telling um, some of my – one of my coworkers, he's a Cowboy fan, too. And yeah. I was basically just telling I was like, man, you got to look at this. I said, well, we got a lot of talent, bro. It's, it's getting to the point where I had to ask him. I said, dog, is Doris Armstrong still on this team? And he was like, I think he is, bro. I, th- I think he's he still on the team. I said, bro, I don't know who the hell you fit in the cut on the D-line, bro. It's so deep over there, man. Like, but somebody got to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody got to go. It's just, just going to happen. But who 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 you think it'll I be? Think man, I really don't know. I, I can't even tell. I you, saw bro, all of I- them look like it. I was going to do this uh, 53-man roster review for my guy, John Oney, and he had, mm-hmm. he had who was it, Bohanna out and Neville Gallimore out, and I'm just like, man, I don't know, bro. I, 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 think, I'm, right. I think I want to keep Bo, but do you carry three, three guys, though? You know? Right. I want Gallimore at least. Let, let me keep Gallimore at least. Like I like Gallimore. I like his game, personally. Um but Odiggy Zua, he, 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 man, that boy is crazy. He's been good for years, though. He's been good ever since he came over to the Cowboys. Uh, and Diggs, that's, that's my guy. I think he earned the right to talk his shit, and I think Dak earned the right to take some shit talking after that, yeah. after what happened last year in that 49ers game. Because I know we ain't got to tell Dak. Like, you know what I'm saying? People hark on Dak. Dak's not a huge turnover guy, but he know he played a bad a bad game that game. Like, yeah, you ain't, ain't got it. Like he, he, he ain't going to run from that. Like, you know, yeah. right, right. My, that is that. My man was a psychology major. Like he did psychology as a major. My my boy knows what he what he thinking out this joint. He just he played a bad game. Everybody got him here and there, but I think he'll bounce back this year. Yeah, uh, that's another. That's another. I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back this year. Just looking at the training camp, everybody be talking about his interceptions. I'm like, dog, have y'all ever been no. – have you ever been in a huddle on the first team and you listen to your coach in training camp? Your coach could literally be like, yo, just throw the ball to the defensive back just so they can get – just so Well, they I don't think they're doing, they doing that, but I feel what you're saying. It might be, hey, I want you to target yeah. Stefan here. I, I get what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah, like in that, in that sense. And that's it. Like, we want to throw it to that fool because we, we got to test him out. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, and everybody that's nervous about this offense, don't be nervous. I listened to Law Nation. Um, in closing. And they had, uh, and they had um, Terrence Williams on the day on joint. And what they were saying, what he said, it, it really hit me, bro. I said, boy, if this ain't the realest statement I ever heard about Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, when he said Kellen Moore was basically using Dak Prescott as him, using basically Dak Prescott's body, but using, but basically putting his brain in Dak, in Dak Prescott, man. I said, boy, I said, oh, that's yeah. the realest thing I think I've ever heard. 
Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I, I actually heard somebody on one hundred five say it who I don't really fool with, but I'm like, I, I it definitely felt like Kellen was trying to live vicariously through through him. Yeah, sure, but. Offensive right. coordinators, you have your you, – that's your system. That's what you want to run. It, and, and that's the problem when it becomes system over players. And when you are inexperienced and and I know it all, like, hey, this is this is what I do, this is going to work type thing, sometimes you get a bit stubborn. And it, it just is what it is. All coordinators are stubborn yeah. in that way, honestly. Exactly. And, la- and last thing I yep, got to say. Yep, in closing. Man. It's just remember this is a good reason why we had to leave let Kellamore go. Just remember the last two plays that he called, his very last two plays that he called in the end of both seasons. He called a QB draw from like the forty yard line to Please end don't. the 49ers game. Please don't. And then the man. second time his ass had Ezekiel Elliott playing center. <laughs> I said, Oh my God, this motherfucker gotta go. As soon as I seen that, I said he gotta go, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, hey, man. But that—that's—that's that's what it is, man. <laughs> Indeed, bro. Appreciate the call. Good stuff, man. I'm gonna tell you when I thought he had to go. But thank you, man. I—I I said this the other day. For me, it was when in a an important playoff game on a on a big down, you sent out Seth Wilson, you sent out Noah Brown, you had C.D. Lamb, you had Marco, and you put it in this hawk package. And your ass did a play action and had Terrence Steele and Connor McGovern do hook routes against one of the best defenses in the league. And it was like, I'm open. That was it for me. I said, yo, this this can't happen, bro. But he got brought back and it is what it is. Uh, let me get to a couple of these super chats because we I'm gonna fly fire through these and, and, and roll. So we had to 10. Damn, we got a lot today. All right, appreciate y'all. Super chat. Uh, Tacoma John, by the way, this goes to the PC fund. I should have put that up there. When you look back at what they actually gave Dak to work with, it's amazing we had the season we did. It's crazy that we spent that we sent out there as a wide receiver group. For sure, Tacoma, but, you know, uh, context doesn't matter. People don't care about it no more. It's still my mantra, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, you know, talking about context of, of the game because no one cares. So, but you're right. You throw Noah Brown, one leg, you know, Michael Gallup, uh, a tight end who really doesn't do anything for you after the catch. And then a coordinator who doesn't know how to use these players like that. Lucky as hell to, to be the number one offense like we were, but, and just go look at the difference when Ford came back when he wasn't there at the offense, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, smoke one. Appreciate you, bro. Super chat. You drop five. Says, Sky, I'm tired of the talk. Let's walk the walk. Get this trophy. Shut all the haters up, man. Let's go, Cowboys. That sound like you got that. Uh... Whoa, hey, step up, hey, whoa. Mozzie Smith energy right there. I'm tired of the talk, man. man. Unfortunately, though, we're going to talk about it. Super chat. Uh, shout out to Shaq, the Vikings fan. He dropped 20 and said, PC fun. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, keep up all the great work. Waiting for that Sky podcast, breaking down how. To, oh, is that what the caller was talking about? Breaking down how to do the sports casting from YouTube. Everyone leave that light for a fire show. Um, before I, I joined A to Z and before I joined the volume and I had more time, I was definitely looking into working on like a like a workshop thing 
uh, for that because we don't have like sports broadcasting for people like us. I want to do it on here. We, we got to learn our own. We got to learn from people we see out there. And none of this, none of this came from a workshop. This is all trial by error. So I definitely want to be able to do that, man. I think that'd be awesome because there's a lot of other people like me that want their voice to be heard. But I think there is a strategic way you have to go about it. At first I used to be like, I just fire up the phone and go. And yeah, you can do that. Sure. But I do think there, there, there is steps to this to get to, if you want to be bigger than that, Josh balls, a gamer, super chat. (laughs) We don't wipe them three or fours. Apparently Kelvin Joseph is too. Uh, smoke drop. Another one. Super chat. He said, this is all facts or this is facts. Joseph turns his head. He would be better at tracking the ball and making plays, but he don't and be getting mossed a lot. You know what I mean? It seemed like he always put it this way. He's a poor man's version of Cheeto in a way. Sometimes he get really cooked, but Cheeto used to have that like, oh man, he right there, but it's that perfect pass. But at least Cheeto was a quality corner. We ain't nowhere near to ready to say that about Kelvin Joseph, but sometimes you'll see him in the area and he just getting got. But that's part of playing corner, man. We can't for year three, year four, be like, hey, man, Kelvin Joseph's so close. He just got turned his head. Like, nah, you got to make some noise, man. You got to make some noise. Super chat. Sadiqa dropped one and said, chat room, you all better be glad that the phones are locked. <laughs> I got you with here, Sadiqa. I'm going to get to you in a second. But she said, y'all better be glad the phones are locked because I'm going to call in and go off on you all. About to see what Sadiqa talking about. And then John, Super not Michael Phelps, says, drop 10 and said, he believes Dak's Achilles heel is the accuracy. When he misses, it's too high or behind his receivers, especially on crossing routes. This sounds like copy-paste from everything we hear on the uh, networks or within the community. And he says, especially on crossing routes, is it the mechanics or is it something else? Um, I just don't. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the ones who I don't agree that he's inaccurate. I think he's an, an accurate passer. I think what you have is, and I said this to one of the callers months ago, when he hits those and and their routine, no one cares because, hey, it's what you're supposed to do. When it's a bad pass, we remember that because the ne- for whatever reason, as a human, those negative things stick with you more. He hits those far more often than he doesn't. The problem is when he doesn't, it sticks with us. Uh, another Another reason, I think, we don't see him throw a bunch of slants and a bunch of crossers. We lived in, in an offense for his first seven years that did not feature that. Everything is downfield. Everything is um, it's either a hitch or it's a comeback. It, it, was, it was never about crossing routes or about slants. For instance, last year, he threw 18% of his passes were hitch routes. That was number one in the league. And, that, and that's just the targets. That's not counting how many times it was actually run. 9% were slants. 9%. That was low. That was one of the lowest of all the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League because our system isn't just, it's not designed that way. So let's say you got a, a, a slant route designed to go there and you only draw it up three to five times a game, right? With no variations to it. If you miss one or if you miss two, and when I say miss, there are there are ridiculous expectations on these quarter, or at least on Dak. Like Dak can't be off at all, or people assume he's not accurate. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Watch other f- teams. Watch more football. Quarterbacks are not throwing 
pinpoint precision passes every single time. Hall of Famer Michael Ir Irvin said, Troy Aikman, one of the most accurate passers of all time, did not need to hit me in the chest every single time, nor did he. I just need it in my area code. So back to the Dak and the crossing and slants. You don't see it often. You don't see it happen as much. I bet you. I bet you, man. And I'm, I'm willing to stand on this. This year, that, in my opinion, tired uh, argument will be put to bed. Because you're going to see this system be repetitive in it. You'll see him throw more slants. In fact, you might see that flip. Bro, I was going to go 18%. But you'll see slants go from 9% to 12 or 13. You'll see crossers. Crossing routes ain't even on the list, bro. Crossing routes fall below 9% because we're not doing them often. You know, so more repetition in them. I think he'll get better in them. Although, I already, look, I think Dak can make all the throws. I'm, I'm one of those ones. I've seen it. I've studied the film. I'm not worried about Dak Prescott and his accuracy. I'm worried about Dak Prescott and finishing the damn game. Finish the damn game. That's what I'm worried about. So I don't think it's mechanics. I don't think there's or something else to it. I, I just think we remember what we want to. And it's usually the negative. Right. So if he misses that. We're going to be like, ah, see, he threw it behind C.D. Lamb and we forget, damn, he he threw some darts and some lasers and some accurate passes on the move. But whatever, he's supposed to. So I think it's a psychological thing, man. I, Dak Prescott is more than accurate enough. In fact, uh, last year on true accuracy, he finished number three in the league on true accuracy. No one, no one's going to care, though. No one's going to care. His passes last year in regards to his interceptions, let me say this. Most of his picks had nothing to do with accuracy. They had nothing to do with it. They had to do with decision-making, a dumb decision, you know, throwing it out to against Washington twice, right? Like, what are you doing? They had more to do with, I, I'm going, I'm thinking you coming across the safety, you're going behind it. Pick. That ain't accuracy. I could probably count about six that had to do with dumb decision-making, balls bouncing off dudes, and I'm reading one thing, you're reading the other interception. More often than not, those are where the interceptions came from. Seriously, 15 picks, I'd say about six or seven of them came from drop passes, bad decision making, and reading, not being on the same page with your wide receiver. Look it up. But there's this stigma that sticks with him the same way it stuck with, with, um, with Tony, which I'm very surprised at that. That's not the one we're going with right now. Tony's stigma was, you are a choke artist. You can't finish in the fourth quarter. You can't finish this game. Like, that was, once he fumbled, it never escaped him, even though he had a ton of fourth quarter comebacks all the way until the end of his career. Now the stigma that's sticking with Dak is, oh, well, Dak Prescott's not accurate. Dak's not accurate. What are you watching? To say that. Or is it what you're hearing and it's group thinking? You're just, hey, man, they say he ain't accurate. He ain't accurate. Or is it, oh, I saw him throw that pick. He ain't accurate. Bro, I've seen the, some of the best quarterbacks in this league throw some of the, you'd be like, what the hell was that? But no one cares because they finishing. No one cares because they're aliens, right? And they're, and they're making some of these, cra oh, I missed the sack, so I'm running around. I'm making this highlight play. 
the majority of the time, they are throwing some balls that your receivers are bailing you out with because it's football. You ain't going to be perfect accuracy every single time. But no one cares about the two and three. They missing. Dak has to be perfect. He has to. I'm telling you, bro. Watch. Dak, if Dak starts off 13 for 15, a touchdown or whatever, but he throws two incompletions, and one of those incompletions, oh, Dak Prescott underthrew him. See, that play will get retweeted, will get talked about, will get broken down. No matter if Dallas wins or not, Dak's inaccurate. Threw 71% today, and he threw some darts. No, 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 look, because that's what sticks with us. I promise you, go watch the rest of the league. I promise you, man. I promise you, quarterbacks are, are, are not perfect on these throws. I've watched some of the best in this league, and you're like, woo. But you don't think about it because that's a good quarterback. It's, it's football. He ain't going to be perfect. So I disagree with that, John. I think he's an accurate quarterback. Um, I, I just think we have to see him finish, man. And I'm a stand on, I'm a die on that hill. I'm not worried about Dak Prescott doing quarterback things. He can make all the throws, he can make the reads. I just need you to finish. And if I'm going to be honest, I probably I want to see him take off more. Instead of trying to maybe force it on an option route or something, just, just pull it down and take off more. But my Q can do everything. Finish like you used to. I digress. All right, I think we got I think we got Sadiq. I'm Sadiqa, if this is you, I'm going to need you to turn yeah. off your, uh, I'm going to need you to, oh boy. Yeah, can you turn down the, the show a little bit for me, Sadiqa? I got the mute muted. Can, 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 can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. It's good to hear from you, Miss Sadiqa. How are you doing? I'm fine. Please excuse me, Sky. But I'm just aggravated right about now. Mm, what got you aggravated? This goddamn going chat room. What, what they do, Sadiqa? First of all, can they hear me? Can y'all hear Sadiqa? Okay, I think they can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Let me say something to you people in the damn chat room. These brothers work hard for us. Mm. And you're asking, you can't hit that damn like button? They ain't asking you to do anything else? That don't make no damn sense. It's every damn time. You come up in here, the same people come up in this room, all the time we're asking the same damn thing every damn time. That don't make you grown folks. Come on now. Get together. Yeah. Don't let that shit go jumping now. It should have been jumped the hell up. Mm. Hit that. Y'all better hit that. Y'all better stop playing. Hit that like button. Sadiqa is not playing with y'all. Don't make no damn sense. Come on now. You grown folks. I'm so sick of y'all doing this shit. These brothers up in here, they work hard for us. Man, Mr. Dika, I appreciate your support. Now I got you on the phone. I, look, I don't want you to get your blood pressure raised up and, and upset. No, 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 um, like you have been over the last couple of seasons. I, I thank you. I really do appreciate uh, how much you've supported, not just and us, I but this community in general. And I thank Vouch, all of y'all, for doing what y'all do for us. Thank you. Remind you, it's for us. Not just them, it's us. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. Putting the hell on cat. Let's get it together. Y'all heard the lady. Thank you, Mr. Sadika. Enjoy the rest of the show, okay? Thank you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Vach. Oh, that's Vach. Goodness, guy. Thank you. I'm Scott. <laughs> is in the building, though. Shout out to Vach Lombardi. My bro, we had a fantastic conversation slash meeting yesterday. It's only up from here, man. Ooh, Mr. Deacon not playing with y'all. Please do hit that like button because I'm scared now. I'm scared for y'all if y'all don't hit that like button. It is our virtual currency, as my bro would say. Um, good show today. We got our watch list. If, if you missed it, here, here's my full watch list. I want to see the depth wide receivers. I want to see some more production from them. Uh, I'll quickly run down the production from last year. Let me just tell you how bad it was. Tobert, six receptions, 44 yards. Semi, five for 37. Turpin, three for 20. Houston, two for 16. Drummond, three for 38. That was last year's total preseason numbers for the wide receivers. I think a lot of that had to do with the scheme. A lot of that had to do with the quarterbacks not being good in it in the preseason and obviously being backups. This year, I, I, I expect Cooper Rush and, and Will Greer to be able to get them the ball more uh, because this, this system isn't as complicated. Running back stable. I want to see all these dudes run in general, but who shows out their versatility? That's how you're going to be able to get on this roster and have a role on this roster, whether it be versatile on offense or versatile on offense and on special teams. I want to see the cornerback depth. These young guys have been stepping up. Eric Scott, Nashawn Wright, Deron Bland, they've been making some noise. Some of those those that haven't, Jalen or Jalen, Kelvin Joseph, uh, Miles Brooks, Josh Butler. Let's see them guys make noise. Then I want to see guys who've been quiet. I want to see them make some noise. The the Viliami Fehokos, Devin Harpers, Darrell Johnsons, Isaiah Lands, like these guys. I want to see these guys make some noise. Brillo Cox, right? And then the kicker, the bonus one was uh, Brandon Aubrey. I want to see Brandon Aubrey do well. Carry over that last day he had. Now, they'll practice today, y'all. Um, let's see if he can carry that 11 for 11 day over today. And then that's where it happens for kickers, right? You get that that confidence. You get that uh, kind of swagger that I can go out there and make these kicks. So let's see if we can carry that over, man. With that said, I will not be on the volume later, but um, keep your ears and eyes open to see if, if, if Vach uh, will. I know he's got some things going on too, but Mom Dukes is in town. After the show, I'm going to go hang out with Mom Dukes and the fam. So you won't see me later, but I'll be back on here tomorrow. And tomorrow... Fan Friday. I'm going to drop the mailbag and we'll talk about all things Dallas Cowboys that, that, that is on your mind. That's on your mind. Uh, we got one more super chat or two more. That's three more. Four more. Man, y'all killing it with this PC fun. Thank you, man. That came in. Let me read them real quick. Super chat. Dwayne Brown dropped one or 10. He said, great show, Sky, as usual. Thank you. Uh, keep bringing us the real insight on our team. That's all I can do, man. That's all I can do. We, we ain't going John Cena here. And what I mean by that is, you know, the one dude who's on the TV says somebody was out there, but he really was. We don't do that here. We're not going to do that. We give you the real. Super chat. Brother L dropped two and says, still looks like Sadiqa doesn't have a wrench. She don't got a wrench here? Nah, no, no, no. We can't do that. We can't do that. Because I said this yesterday. I got you, Sadiqa. Here we go. Here we go. I could have sworn she did. There we go. I got you, Mr. Dicker. Thank you. Thank you so much. There we go. 
Uh, and then Lost in Translation dropped 10. Super chat. Says, Scott, don't spend this money on your new PC. Spend it on your Ric Flair robe. Woo! I wish I could just do that. But nah, I, I need to get the PC so we can make sure this thing go crazy. And I'm already in my in my bag. I got it, it sh- I should be having it next week. I got things I'm about ready to turn up on from not just a production standpoint, but but everything uh, on this show and watches. So we about to turn up for real. Uh, TC on the drums. He dropped two. Super chat. Let's get rid of Josh Ball slush fun. I'm rooting for Josh Ball, man. We got to get Josh. We got to get Josh Ball to do something this week because I ain't got no confidence. None. Zero. All right. With that said, I'm going to hit this button and go chill with Mom Dukes. Y'all better hit that button too. Now that y'all got the voice of, of, of Miss Sadika in y'all head, when she said hit that like button, I better hit that thing. Y'all better hit that thing. Appreciate y'all, man. Love you to death. Seriously. Matter.